0: over to you James
1: well good morning they say what goes around comes around and here we are I'm glad to see you this morning Glad for us to be together during this time in which God is doing really what we trust will be a new work in the First Baptist Church of Mason, every bit as effective in the future as in days gone by. If Pat and I look a little tired, it uh, would be because we got home on Tuesday after having been in Colorado for six weeks where the average daytime low was about 38 degrees and the average high was about 82. It's hotter here. And uh, our washing machine is going to go on strike because of everything that's been washed since then and all of that. By the way, I'm I'm always glad to have Pat here. Uh You'll, you'll find it was fifty years ago, almost that I looked at her and those big beautiful brown eyes and I said, "Wilt thou?" and she wilted. And on august twenty first this year it will be fifty years. Isn't she blessed <laughs> no i I am the one who's blessed. you perhaps recall that I'm fond of saying that if a man is going to be a pastor, two things have to occur. One of them is that God has to call him, and second, he absolutely must marry above himself. And uh, I was called, and I married above myself. During these days in which we are together, my, my job is not to shape you into what I want, would want of you. Our job together is to discover what God wants and what you want to do and be under God during these days. Every time we gather together, every time, and uh, I'll not be with you every time when you gather together. In whatever you do, when you gather here, Item one on your agenda needs to be to pray for your search committee. And pray that they walk together in discovering the one that God has to lead this place. Every time you gather, do that. Now, their, their big tendency is to get in too big a hurry. You don't want them to do that. You want them to walk with God and be in tune with God so that on God's timing it all comes together. Well, enough of that. Open your Bibles or look on the screen at Galatians chapter 6 verses 1 through 5. Galatians 6 verses 1 through 5. This is the Word of God. Let us hear it gladly. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself, so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, And thereby fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself, thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own work. Then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another. For each one must bear his own load." Again, may God bless the reading of his word. I'm sure that you do not need anyone to tell you this morning that life is filled with burdens. Life can be hard and surprising, difficult. When I was in Dallas those 18 years, there's deacon named Jim Yates. Jim was very active in our welcoming group. He was a supporter of his pastor, a godly man. Jim died Thursday night of this week in a hospital in Lubbock, Texas with COVID. One daughter is in England, the other here. Their mother died several years ago. What are they to do? And how are they to honor the memory of their dad? In Pitkin, where I preach two Sundays, Pitkin, Colorado, there is, well, there's a shopping mall in town. It's called The Plume. Anything you can buy in Pitkin, you have to buy it at The Plume. But the owner of the plume is Chris and Candy Nassau. They're from Lot, Texas, near Waco. They've done a wonderful job with the plume in Pitkin. But a couple of years ago, Candy came down with ALS. There's no disease like ALS. And then two weeks ago yesterday... Candy was diagnosed with COVID. One of those deals that you, you don't even know how to pray for. Think of Candy now, so today. Churches sometimes are burdened. A few years ago, I was called to Trinity Baptist Church in Kerrville. I love that congregation. Their young pastor, godly, a wonderful leader, had dealt with depression all of his life. And one night it seemed like he could take no more. He went out into a, a ranch near Kerrville and took his own life. And Pat and I went to be interim in that broken-hearted, burdened church. Churches can indeed be burdened. When I was in Taylor Park in Colorado, there was a young man and his wife and his son named Blake and their three legged dog. And I discovered that the young man was a pastor in Lubbock, started a mission, was doing well, and COVID came. And the people dispersed, and he had no idea whether the church would survive. Burden. Burden. I'll tell you one thing I've discovered. Any time a beloved pastor leaves a church and goes to another field, there's a sense in which that church in which he is left feels the burden of that. And with you dealing with COVID and all that in your community and having lost a beloved pastor, that there's a sense in which you wish things would go back to how they used to be. Burdens are there. You know, sometimes our burdens are self-imposed. Sometimes they come upon us because of things that, that we've done. Paul always knew about burdens. This church the churches of Galatia. If you read the entire book of Galatians, you discover he was burdened for these people for because for having tasted of the free grace of God in Christ, they were trying to go back to the law. He would say in chapter three, "Oh, foolish Galatians, for heaven's sakes, who has bewitched you? He knew about those kind of burdens. If you'll read in Second Corinthians there, he will tell you, that he had been beaten and left for dead, that he had suffered all kind of persecution for the sake of the Lord. He knew about burdens. Well, the question I'm trying to get to for this time we have together this morning is how then can we handle our burdens? What is it that we ought to do in the face of the difficulties of life that come our way? What can we do about them? Well, there are three words. Two, specifically in the text. One, going out of the larger text of the Scripture, hear them well. What can we do with our burdens? Well, first, you want to share them. To share them. In verse 2, Paul writes, bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. See that word, those two words, one another? That little phrase occurs 103 times in the New Testament. One another. One another. The greater majority of the time it's talking about the people of God in the church. Church, we're a one another people. God has brought us together into a unique relationship with Him that centers on the fact that we're here together, one another, one another, one another. Every time a situation arises, an opportunity, or even a disagreement, the phrase that ought to leap at us is one another. Now, we're to bear one another's burdens. That word bear occurs four times in the book of Galatians. In chapter 5, verse 10, those who have led others astray are going to bear the judgment of God. In verse 5 of chapter 6, we'll look at it in a moment, we're to bear our own burden. In chapter 6, verse 17, Paul says he bears in his own body the marks of Jesus Christ. All of these speak of a personal accountability and a personal responsibility. When you bear something, it speaks of a load that cannot easily be borne alone. It speaks of maybe the cargo on a ship that has to be loaded by many people. It has to be borne by others. We're to bear One another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Now, what is the law of Christ that we're to fulfill? Well, it has to be you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength and your neighbor as yourself. It is the royal law of love. And we're to bear one another's burdens in order that we might fulfill that law. We're to bear the burden of personal failure. Get that. Here today in church, some of us are surprised that we're here. Some of us hope that those here don't know everything about us. Most all of us have something back there that we just assume not be flashed on the screen here. There's none of us that is perfect. And there's none in the church that is perfect. What do we do with imperfection in the church? How do we handle personal failure in the church? Well, Paul writes in verse 1 of Galatians 6, Therefore, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual... Now, how would you like to be considered spiritual by the Apostle Paul? Would that be okay? How might you look if you were declared spiritual by the Apostle Paul? And he writes, you who are spiritual... Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness so that you too will not be tempted. If you're spiritual, then those who fall into some sin or trespass, and make no mistake about it, these whom Paul is talking about here are guilty as sin, as we say. They've done wrong. What is the church to do with them? Kick them out? Talk about them behind their back? Become their judge? All of these things, if we're not careful, we're pretty good at. But the apostle says, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. That is a wonderful word. It's a word that, that a fisherman would use of his fish fishing nets when they were broken, broken. He would mend them. They'd be restored. It's a word that the doctors would use for the healing of a bone. I I remember when our son broke his arm on the church bus. How appropriate for a preacher's kid. He was about six or seven years old. That little arm looked awful broken. They put that cast on it. They finally took that cast off and it looked shriveled up. I wondered if that arm would ever be any good. That knitting is what this word describes. You are spiritual. Restore, re-knit such a one. Not in a spirit of judgmentalism. Not in a spirit of criticism. But in a spirit of gentleness what do we do with those who hurt even because of their own actions children of God they deserve to have someone bearing their burdens with them in order that they might be healed and in order that they might regain the joy of their salvation there's a wonderful example in the New Testament. Do you remember on the missionary journey when John Mark got afraid, got homesick, turned and left, went home? Do you remember when they got ready to do another missionary journey? Barnabas said, let's go, Paul, and let's take John Mark. And Paul said, No. I'm not taking him whom he wants. No. But toward the end of his life, he says, bring John Mark, for he has become profitable to me. Church, failure does not have to be permanent. Church, the grace of God can reach even into the heart of those who sin. And the church needs to be part of the bearing of another's burdens and restoring to all that God has for them. And then share, share the burden of personal distress and duress as well. This COVID thing has challenged us, hasn't it? How do we respond to that? Sometimes the bearing of a burden is the wearing of a mask. Sometimes the bearing of a burden is reaching out to those who can't. In our church in Fredericksburg, uh, it was a 16-year-old boy. became burdened about what to do about the nursing home. And so he called our local nursing home and somehow he talked them into giving him the name of every resident in the nursing home. And that 16-year-old boy sat down and he wrote a personal note to every one of them. Now, I don't know how your kids are or your kids are, but when my kids were 16, they thought if they had to write anything, they were being punished. He mailed those letters to those residents. Each one of them got a personal note from a 16-year-old boy. You know what they did? They named him, the nursing home did, their man of the year because he reached out. Bearing a burden. Generally, some wonderful things have been done. And today, as I've greeted you, I've heard of some of the things you're doing in your community. Bearing one another's burdens. That's what we do with our burdens. Now, why are we not better at this? Well, it may be conceit. Paul wrote in verse three, if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Sometimes it's a it's an ungodly comparison that results in our saying, let somebody else do it. We we, we may compare ourselves to others and say, I, I'm thankful I'm better than he is. So I don't have to do that, he can. Or sometimes we compare ourselves to one another and say, well, I'm not as good as he is. I can't do it. And either way, we miss that. The call in Scripture with the burdens of life is that we be ready to bear them with one another. Now, we're ready to share them, but we also bear burdens. And verse 5, look. Each one must bear his own load or his own burden. What? Paul has just told us that we must share our burdens. We must bear one another's burdens. And here he says each one must bear his own burden. Is he contradicting himself? Not at all. The word here is best translated with the word pack. You know what a pack is. It's something that you have to bear yourself. It's something that you pick up. It's something that you do because you have to do it. Nobody else can do it but you. It really speaks about the attitude with which we face the burdens of life. When we have the the, the right attitude with the challenges that come our way, God has a remarkable, remarkable record of doing something special. Corey ten Boom gave us a book, The Hiding Place. Many of you have read it. If it's been some time, you really ought to read it again. But you recall in that book, a, a German guard told her, the only way to survive in this place is by hating. Hating. And she looked at him and said, Hate? Hate can put you in a worse prison than this. And it can. There are others who face life with an attitude. Handel, about whom you've heard. Handel suffered a stroke in 1737. Which left him penniless and virtually paralyzed. But it was in 1741 that Handel gave us the Messiah, the Hallelujah Chorus. His assistant reported that as he wrote the Hallelujah Chorus, he found him in tears. You know what he said? Handel said, I did think I saw heaven open and saw the very face of God. Helen Keller. Helen Keller wrote, I thank God for my hardship because through it I found myself, my work, and my God. 1812, a young man was born. You remember 1812 for a war. But a young man was born on a farm. While a small child, there was an accident, he lost both eyes. He grew up blind. In his young adult years, that man gave us a way for blind people to read. You know what his name was? His last name was Braille. Braille. What am I trying to say to you, church friends? If our attitude is centered upon God, then quite often our lowest moment of facing the difficulties of life can become the greatest moment of our ultimate accomplishment. That's what it means. So what do you do with your burdens? Well, you share them. You bear them, and finally you cast them. Psalm 52, cast your burden upon the Lord, and He will sustain you. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your anxiety, your burden upon Him, because He cares for you what does it mean well our best example is our lord himself you remember in the garden of gethsemane where he prayed alone but before the father he said father if there's any other way let this cup pass from me i i, I don't want to do it in fact, the Gospel writer tells us he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. Many of us have felt that he might have died in the garden had the Father not sent the ministering angels to minister his needs to his needs there. But he came to say, not my will be done, but, but your will be done. He was casting the burden, the anxiety upon God the Father, and that is exactly what we must do. You and I do not know how it's going to be ultimately until we've heard from God. Find some time today and go back again to Romans chapter 8. There's some things we learn there. For one thing one thing Paul tells us there that even when we do not know how to pray have you ever felt like you could not pray you did not know how to pray a burden was so real that the prayer just wouldn't come what happens then Paul says in those moments when you and I can't pray the God who is in us prays to the God above us with groanings and utterings that we cannot understand according to the very will of God. When you can't pray, God himself in you is praying to God himself above you. Rejoice. What else does Paul tell us? He tells us in verse 28 of chapter 8, that God is at work in everything for good to those that love him, who are called according to his purpose. Now, that does not say that everything is good. And it does not say that everything is just going to work out because things just work out. What that does say is that God is at work in everything for good to those that love Him. Now, if He's at work in everything, what does that leave out? If He's at work in everything, what's He not at work in? Now, you know, I've discovered that that God doesn't have a very good record of showing me beforehand what He's doing and how it's going to work out. He generally lets me see it somewhere as I look back over my shoulder and say, yeah, God was really at work in that, and I didn't see it. But He's at work. What else does it show us about God? Well, a lot but this and I'm done. There's that beautiful litany there. Who or what? Who or what shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress? He goes to a whole list of things, any created thing. What shall separate us from the love of God nothing nothing our victory is secure in him so you still have burdens don't you what are you going to do with them what are you going to do with them I suggest you cast some upon him that you share them as a people of God and that you bear them with the attitude that says God indeed is at work. Let's pray together. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Maybe there's something that really has been bothering you and right where you sit, You'd just like to name it to God and ask Him to take it. Give it to Him. Give it to Him. Or maybe you've been concerned about somebody and you haven't known how to reach out to them. You know there needs to be a word of hope and encouragement, not a word of judgment, but a word of restoration. Maybe you would say, right where you are to the Father. God, if you'll show me the way, if you'll give me the words, I want to share. I want to share that burden with them. Whatever it is for you do that now. There's some of you that need this day to look at our Lord and say what Thomas said in the upper room. My Lord... And my God, and you need to come to know Jesus personally as your very own. You can pray and receive Him right where you are. And there's some maybe that need a church home, and there's no time like today to make this church your church. Father, we're here, we're your people. We know about the burdens of life, but oh God, thank you for your word. May we share, bear, cast with our eyes upon Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, and serving you with joy. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Now let's stand together we're going to sing. If you have a decision that needs to be made publicly today I'll meet you here at the front and let's do that for the glory of God. Let's do it for the good of the church and let's do it for your good. I'll meet you here. How about it? Let's sing together.
0: What can wash away Nothing but the blood of Jesus What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus No precious is the flow that White as snow Nothing but the blood of Jesus for my cleansing. This my plea. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious. It White as snow, no other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus.
1: Thank you for being here this morning and for your attention to the word of God. Uh, We've met together here to worship, and I trust we've done that. When we're together here like this, we're the church gathered. In a little while, we'll be the church scattered, but we'll still be the church. And we'll still have the opportunity and responsibility to be the people of God if there's anything our world needs our community needs it's the people of God in the world representing Him bearing burdens sharing burdens helping people discover God so as we go let's do that if I can help you in any way uh, deacons and lay ministers have my phone number and you're welcome to it but we're not that far away and we walk this journey together um, for a little while remind me some of you of course we know from days gone by and some of you we don't help us get to know you and remind us of who you are we're old and forgetful you know just the way we are what else do we need to do before we get out of here
0: that's it that's, that's, that's it. it yes sir do we sing or we pray sing. Or? yeah we can sing to as people are dismissed. all
1: right well let's Let's sing together, having met together to worship. Let's go to serve and make a